everybody, this is James. And Nabil. And Mikey. And this is the Movie Pals Podcast, podcast number 149. Today we're reviewing the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, but before that we are actually bringing back an oldie but goodie, I guess you might call it. With Classic. A, what we watch in a section we haven't done in so long because we've been watching Coppola films for a year and a half. So, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's been a long time and, and we miss him. We, we miss the segment quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. And uh, as you guys know, yeah, Mikey's on the podcast list today because uh, Marco is currently, I believe, going on a small hiatus. Um, he's a working man, ladies. He's out. He's getting his life together. He's uh, off the market now. He's he's out in the world. I mean, but is he really ever off the market? If you know what I mean, you know, he's just going to a new area, researching for new people, finding new prospects. That's the kind of man Marco is. He's a maverick. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what. Uh, I don't know what the <laughs> fuck Bill's talking about. But Marco basically <laughs> has a new career, and he's gonna. He's taking some time to. Get acclimated to that. So I don't, I don't know don't what wor- the fuck Nabil was talking don't about. Don't worry, guys, because Marco always puts us first. We are his first love. And by extension, you are his first loves. Yeah, I mean, so for God's sakes, we're do- about to do a, a, a Marvel movie without Marco. This is probably the first time, I'm assuming. Yeah. But if it was a DC film, you know he would have quit his job to be here. So, <laughs> but knowing it's a Marvel film, I mean, this is probably going to be in his top 10 of the year, anyways. Just mark my words here. Yeah, we already know his review, so don't worry, guys. Something about emotions, good director, you know, (laughs) something about writing, I don't know, something good. Anyways, so yeah, Mikey's here with us. He's at least on this episode. We're probably going to have another guest on the next one. Maybe, maybe not. (laughs) Maybe not. Could just be us two. Anyways, we're drifting (laughs) away here. So yeah, Mikey's here. We're going to jump into what we're watching, though. Uh, So without further ado, let's get into what we're watching. Hey, what you watching? So this is a segment here, if you get first time, where we just go over what we've been watching. Movies, TV shows. We even go over, like, if you're reading books, video games. We kind of added that in, I recall, during, like, COVID, because it was getting kind of desperate times back then. So, but hey, if you have something that's taking up your time, we just want to know, what what are you doing recently, and uh, what would you recommend? So I'm going to start with Nabil here. Nabil, what have you been watching? Or I believe you've got a game, too. I do. So, you know, if you ever have heard the segment, I never tend to have the more, uh, we'll say, consistently mainstream things. Oh, so you saw the coordination <laughs> of the king? That's the whole time? Okay. So, Mikey, uh, what have you been up to? You know, uh, all hell the king, everyone. That's that's what you're saying. God save him. It was like, Somebody's I watched all to. 14 hours. What about you guys? I saw I saw Prince William's bald little head up there kissing his dad's feet. It's great, you know, good times. But what I did do aside from watching Coronation is play a game called Ratchet and Clank: Rift Apart. This is a game that came out in 2021 on PlayStation Five uh, by Insomniac Games. It's a series basically about this like wombat guy and his little machine robot buddy Clank who is uh, out just doing crazy. Adventures. It's a it's an old platforming style game, but with great graphics, a good story, and some some dynamic gameplay. I remember playing the um, I want to say it was 2018 Ratchet and Clank kind of soft reboot uh, game that came out for PS4, and I I came to it late, and I was very surprised at how much I enjoyed the game. So I figured I'd want to pick this up eventually and get to it again to to kind of change it up from all these other big open world AAA games that is 
taking a lot more time of my life than I wanted to. <laughs> yeah, so. it came out in 2016, by the way. Like, 2016. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I think I played in 2018. So maybe that's it. Yeah, <laughs> I was late to that game too. Yeah, I was. Um, so this is this is just a sequel to that game essentially, but you don't really need to know much about the previous game to play this one. Yeah. Um, pretty solid graphics as always. It, it, I think it uses one of the better visual the one of the better games with visual visuals visualization capability of the PS5 compared to some other games where they just kind of port it over, you know, to, to work with all the different uh, platforms. So that's one great thing about it. And it's a very simple gameplay, but it gives you enough interest with the story to different types of worlds that you get to travel to. You get to play as a, a different character, not just the main uh, Wombat, which is Ratchet. There's another one in there as well, which is fun to, to try a little bit of different things, although they share the same kind of combat styles. There's not really a lot of diversity between the two. Um, but it, what I say, what I like about these games is that they're just, it's just a different pacing from, again, those big open world adventures or those big kind of enthralled stories where you got to collect everything and you got to unlock all these different secrets that you could just play through this, smash a few things and get on to the, to the next story without feeling like you're having to invest yourself in some deep emotional story, which sometimes it's nice to just kind of take a break from, from things like that while still appreciating great graphics in front of you and just really playing different kind of, uh, approach in your strategy depending on what you're into if you want to collect everything or if you just want to um move on to the next map um have you guys played it james did you play ratchet and clank i don't know if you got into that game yet yeah no i I played it when it uh released and i agree it's good it's a fun it's a casual i think it's more casual but the graphics are really yeah. good in this movie or came it is and a lot, a lot of people have uh described it as kind of like a almost like watching like a pixar film and i, I agree there's which is funny because I mean a lot of PS5 stuff is just not optimized the right way. So, but this game yeah. does a really good job of finding the good balance between the two. Yeah, it, it does look like a Pixar film. Like it's got that kind of animation too. Like almost like it. Uh, I platinum the game, so I got oh, all the cl- I collected everything in the whole thing. Uh, it was really good though. Uh, it had some really fun stuff that goes along with it too. It kind of doesn't really take itself super serious. It's kind of like a fun uh, storyline, even even though there's some kind of sad parts about it, but. Uh, the storyline's pretty simple, but it's you know doesn't hold back anything like that, and it was just a really fun overall experience. I agree with everything everybody else said. Yeah, it really is a good time if you're looking to change up your uh, the the categories of games that you're playing. This would be one that's worth playing, especially if you haven't gotten to something that that's you feel like has used everything the PS5 has to offer. This one is a good one too. So. Yeah, another classic thing that I've I've uh, been entertaining myself with is the old 1995 film Heat. Very it's, random. It is very random. Did you I get saw it on it, disc? You know, I is that why? A, did you get it on disc? Is that why? I did not. No, I saw it on right. an advertisement of, of something on, online. And it's like, oh, we've, we're playing Heat. And I was like, I haven't seen that film in years. So uh, it's an old Michael Mann film who, if you, if you don't recall, he had like a, a, a good like decade and a half of solid action thrillers, a collateral and Ollie as, a, as just a couple of films he directed. Um, and it's basically a bunch of uh, about a bunch of high end thieves who are trying to rob a bank and do this like big score with uh, the entirety of the LAPD behind him. And what's great about this film is that it stars Al Pacino as a police officer, as Lieutenant Hannah, and uh, it has Robert De Niro and Val Kilmer as a, as uh, the crew, part of the crew that's uh, trying to rob this bank. And it is just a very cool, very well choreographed, well shot, 
dark, seedy story of these guys who you don't get to know too much about their background, but you get to know just enough about who their characters are. And they are very vicious and brutal, but at the same time, you care about the bad guys to an extent of like who they are and what they're going through. And you don't necessarily like Al Pacino that much, but you also kind of do, you know, because he's Al Pacino and you you hate to love him. And he's, you know, a very smart and tactile lieutenant who's trying to solve these these crimes that are being committed by De Niro and his crew. And you get to see one of I mean, one of the most famous scenes is uh, if you haven't seen this film in ages, I'm not going to try to spoil it, but you should definitely see it. But there's a, a big robbery in the middle of the film, kind of like about the end of the two third part back end of the film. And there's like a shootout that happens. And that the way that it's shot, the, 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 the way that they're kind of covering themselves as they're going through all these police and trying to get through to escape. It's just like one of the best scenes in any film shot, just for an action crime, uh, bank robbery kind of heist thing like it's just i i I think i read somewhere that it's actually used in like some swat teams when they're they're training to show them the shot to show how like the 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 covering clearing that they do as they're trying to get throughout the shootout is um they train them on that method because it's just such a a well thought out scene i mean i'm sure you guys have seen this movie and you can kind of tell you know in a long time though yeah, it's been forever for me too. I, and I actually, I did pick up the disc on it because it's so damn cheap right now at Best Buy, by the way. Oh, but gotta um, get them four K then. I, 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 I've, I've wanted to rewatch it though. I just rewatched. Uh, I just watched actually on Marco's recommendation a film for Michael Mann. His kind of like his first big movie. It's called Thief, nineteen eighty one film. Oh, and uh, you can tell even early on then, man. Like Michael Mann has a. a um, an eye for like style too in cinematography yeah. because like heat I remember was always it looked like really good especially the shots in heat a lot of like in the city I recall being like pretty amazed by that so that's definitely a movie it's on my uh, watch list to rewatch that one so I remember there being a really cool car chase scene too uh, yes I, don't I just remember, remember Val Kilmer with that much, fucking sniper rifle right or something a big ass yeah. gun he, did. he, he did, got a yeah. big, he's got that long hair <laughs> <laughs> Val Kramer looks at he's young, like he looks young in this film, even though it's 95 and he's obviously he already I think the next year he played Batman or something. But I think so. Like, or he, at he least looks two years young maybe in this after film. it. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's just one of, you know, we, we I'm, I know we all do this every time. But, you know, you kind of go back to an old film that you hadn't seen in a while that you remember really enjoying. And like what us going back to see the Coppola films and watching like The Godfather and then really appreciating it again. Mm-hmm. That was me watching this film and saying, I forgot how great this film is. And you wonder, I mean, this is almost, you know, it's a 28 year old film. It's almost a 30 year old film. And oh, you God. think about it and you're like, I know, right? <laughs> and you think about it, like how many people have actually been able to watch this and enjoy it? Like It's this a very is, long movie too, I, I recall. It is. And, yeah. and I think there's, I want to say there's even a, a, a director's a cut director's or center one that's even longer. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it is quite long, but worth every minute. They are making show. a sequel, I believe, to it too. I did hear it's, that it's as well. Yeah, it's a it's already a novel form. He wrote a novel, by the way. Oh, I did not know that. Um, Michael Mann has not made a movie, I think, in like eight years. No, so he's doing he, a lot of EP stuff, uh, producing. He's doing that show, which I've I've only just started watching, Tokyo Vice, which is also oh, a nice. good HBO show in there. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. But yeah, um, again. I don't want to say too much because I don't want to like give you specifics and spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it or maybe hasn't seen it in a long time. But it's definitely worth a rewatch if you have seen it, and if you have it, it's worth a first time viewing. It's it's got a, a very famous meme 
uh, that is oh now famous meme of uh, Al Pacino saying something that I you'll I don't want to say that either because you'll appreciate it after watching it saying oh that's where that line comes from. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then finally, I've seen just recently the uh, Super Mario Brothers movie, which. I'm sure many people who are listening to this have already seen as well, and we don't need to go into too much detail, but it's a great animated film. It's definitely not tailored to adults. If anybody's looking for saying, why isn't this catering to everything that I should remember about Mario? Um, but it's got a lot of good Easter eggs. It's uh, Illumination. I mean, they're a great studio. The guys who made Minions and Gru and uh, um, Despicable Me, you know, like those are just beautiful films. I, I feel like James doesn't necessarily agree with everything that I'm saying, but I think it's a decent animated movie for kids that has some Easter eggs and the voice acting's okay. I mean, it's not, uh, not anything that was selling me that, that distracted me too much from the film. Um, but I did like uh, Jack Black as Bowser and I thought Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong was kind of funny. Oh, he um, was, he was just Seth Rogen. Yeah, he <laughs> so. was perfect for that. I, I didn't know he was in the movie when I saw it. Neither did I. And, yeah. uh, it, and as soon as I heard him, I was like, wow. He actually really fits the character they made out of Donkey Kong, too. So, yeah. Yeah, it was good. I liked him. It was a good time to watch. What did, did you, you, you watch it, James? What were your uh, impressions? I thought of the it movie? was okay. I didn't think it was good. I didn't think it was bad. It's just kind of mid. And I truthfully, I think that's the case for all of Illumination things outside of. Aren't you a big Despicable Me fan, though? Yeah, the first one, but then they made five sequels, and I think they're outside of the. Made the <laughs> I don't even think I've seen that last one. The, the of third Rue, one, the two called. minions were. I haven't seen the newest minions one, but I haven't heard good things, and, and I don't oh, think I the Sing movies are minions. particularly that good. I don't think Secret Life of Pets is particularly that good. I, I thought the Grinch movie was okay. Like I watch these movies, don't get me wrong, but I don't think Illumination has still found like. I mean, obviously, the Mario thing banked in on a lot of nostalgia, so I think yeah. it was going to make money no matter what. I just don't think Illumination as a studio has is good on like a long form. I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. There's a lot of um, very there's a lot of things okay. with their side where I don't know. They have a look to it all, and it's clean, it's colorful and bright. But I felt like Mario movie should have had a little bit more like adventure in it. I think they do a lot of like montages and. A lot of needle yeah, drops I think just they put all that in the one scene near the end, essentially that kind of big, yeah, action scene that they have at the end. But that's it's almost like show me more of that. Like they show that. a thing where they're going from like the Mushroom Kingdom to the Donkey Kong Land. It's just like a right thirty second montage. Like, yeah, I would have really loved yeah. to see them struggle a bit more getting there. But um, first first movie, yeah, that's fine, I guess. But I, I think. I mean, a lot of people have, have uh, like compared it to the Sonic movies. I actually had a lot more fun watching Sonic. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I would agree with that. I don't think it's like the Sonic movies was more fun than this. That's why I say it is more tailored to kids. I mean, not that the Sonic films were right either, but yeah, more so here that this is supposed to be able to be palatable. I, I mean, I watch it with a bunch. Which of is a kids, funny statement to make, you know? still because it, it relies heavily on nostalgia, though. For like, there is a lot, a of, lot these, of those. There's so much throwaway, Easter eggs. Yeah. They throw so many Easter eggs just to be like, remember this. Like yeah, but you don't barriers. actually need to know what those are to. You don't, but you know what I'm saying. I think 90 percent of the people that went to go see this movie, or you know, they know what it is. But do you think that was more for the parents then, if anything, that that were taking their kids, saying, "Hey guys, just so you know, I don't know. Don't I'm not gonna lie, guys. I fell asleep during this movie, so. <laughs> so there's a partner. The, the old I, There's a good. There's a good 10 minutes. I he's just back in Brooklyn. I was like, cool. I don't know how you got here. But truthfully, I mean, well, didn't change yeah. the story for me. And well, I understand I, I'm pretty sure you family fell asleep, so. 
I mean, yeah. Mom, <laughs> I'm, ashamed. I'm ashamed. Yeah, nothing more to add to that, right? <laughs> yep. They uh, all fell asleep. And uh, Mikey's all the kids like, Mikey up, was that, Mikey did so. the the move Simba Mufasa. Wake up, guys! You're missing good parts. <laughs> they played another random '80s song. So, yeah, it was okay though. Like I said, I um, I'm not gonna rush to see this one again. Is what I'm saying. So, sure, yeah, that's all. But once again, like you said, it's not really made for me. I guess. Anyway. Even I really like the side scrolling parts, actually. I don't know if anybody like else liked part. it. Yeah. Those Which are one? Of, like, my favorite parts. The side scrolling. Like, side scrolling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, but the, they're so few and far between. Yeah. Like, okay. I, I wish they had yeah. done a couple more. Like the Even the they, training sessions could have been that way. I think it would have been better. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, okay, I guess. And then the Donkey Kong stuff. I, 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 I didn't like Seth Rogen at all. Seriously, you know. Oh, no. Oh. I just thought it's funny that like Chris Pratt got so much criticism. Like Seth Rogen didn't even try to change his voice. No, that talked. was that was him. Yeah, yeah. I was like, no one's shit on this guy, but okay. Yeah. So those are some of the things that I've been watching. Mikey, what about you? What's what's been uh, on your plate lately? So I've been I watched a couple of, like new movies that came out on some of the streaming services. So uh, the first one I'll talk about here is called Ghosted on Apple TV Plus. Uh, and it's Ana de Armas and Chris Evans in like an action comedy. Um, they meet each other on a random day. Uh, they kind of kind of click. They spend the whole day and the whole night and some of the next day together. Uh, and Chris Evans is kind of the person that like texts somebody 20,000 times and he's kind of like a swarmer, right? So uh, he keeps texting her. and kind of Yeah. Clinger, huh? <laughs> yeah. So uh, he's texting her a bunch of times. and She's not responding. Uh, and there's a couple of things that happen there and he finds out that, uh, she's in Europe and he chases her down and, uh, finds out she's a, uh, spy and it kind of just goes on from there. I don't want to like talk anymore more. That's kind of like the basics of what happens in the first, you know, 10 minutes or so. Um, and it kind of goes on from there. It's an action comedy. So there is a lot of action in it and it is, I, I, I started chuckling, uh, throughout the whole movie. I thought it was really good. Action was decent. Uh, I thought the characters were pretty well. And there's a couple twists in there. So, yeah, I like the movie overall. I thought it was really good. Is it like a reverse night and day? Like that Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz film? Or is it better than that? Oh, nobody uh, remembers that fucking movie, Nabil. That was a good movie. I like no one that. remembers I that movie, in that movie, but I don't remember nobody what, fucking anything about it. <laughs> don't hate on Tom Cruise. I gotta say, Mikey, you are the first person that I've actually heard that likes this movie. Really? really? I think it was good. Yes. And uh, my sister and her been, fiance liked it. It has too, been so. slammed by a lot of like critics as like a fake. It looks fake as fuck. Apparently. Like, oh yeah, I, yeah. I mean, yeah Armis and Chris Evans were not on set always at the same time, but it's like. Oh really? Yeah. Also, kind of um, I went in completely blind because I'm not watching trailers right now, so I have. Mm-hmm. No I haven't seen a trailer either, but I have watched movie. the first five minutes. I will say that much. And I, I know, yeah, Mikey's not watching trailers. He's. Anti-trailer right now. Yeah. Good for you. So I walk in you. to every single streaming service not knowing anything about the movie. And I think it really does help me like keep an open mind about movies. I go in there putting it on saying I'm going to waste two hours of my life. Not really waste, but have two hours of my <laughs> life taken up here. And I'm just yeah. going to enjoy whatever I see. So I think As that kind of helps me kind of get in a position to watch a movie. So, yeah, especially the really trailers bad. today. Yeah, they're, they're definitely the first person I've heard that's like this movie, but it is on my watch list, just so you know. I like, I like to watch I, I like to watch the movies on uh, Apple Plus because they, they usually are 
pretty good, but um, and this one looks like it's up my alley. I'm not gonna lie. Who knows? It was fun. I liked it. Yeah, it looks it looks like it's like I, I think some people take it too serious, and I I, I generally like Chris Evans. So yeah. Yeah. reverse night and day. That's what I said. Sounds great. We should watch it. <laughs> I'm gonna watch it. Just text fucking Nabil. Like, mm, I'm gonna watch off. night and day this week, and I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Okay. Okay. You'll be the first person to see that movie in like ten years. So tell us how it is. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I own it. I'll check it out. Dust that fucking blow the dust off that one. That one's definitely not in the normal rotation. That's, that's on DVD, not Blu-ray, James. Sorry, that's uh, they didn't make it that far. <laughs> no, it's on Blu-ray. I know it is. Uh, I, other than that, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Mikey. Uh, other than that, uh, I watched a couple of Disney Plus things. Uh, so they just released uh, Peter Pan and Wendy not too long ago. So I, I checked that out. Uh, again, it's on Disney Plus. Um, the people I recognized was Jude Law, and then. Uh, Yara Shahadi, or Shahidi uh, from Blackish. Uh, she's the Tinkerbell. Yeah. Uh, so those people I recommend. There's kids I didn't recognize from anything, but I heard some people knew who they were. So I, they might be from something else, but I didn't recognize them. It's because we're old, Mikey. I think, Maybe, the, I think yeah. Wendy is from something big. Or yeah, wasn't I, something big. Yeah, I didn't recognize her, but um, it was a really good. I actually really like this movie. It's just a reimagining of Peter Pan, the, the classic story, right? Um, but they took they did a little twist on it here. They they put they wrote home a, like a little little like message um, throughout the whole thing about friendship. And I really just thought they they hit a lot of like really good points and kind of just reimagined that story a little bit. And I liked the, what they did with it. Um, if you're not familiar with Peter Pan, I don't I don't know if you're under a rock or whatever. But I don't uh, feel like you got to go over that, bro. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, but yeah, they just reimagined. Well, it like, I didn't way. watch a trailer for this too. Had no fucking idea who this kid was. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't watch trailer for this though, but it was really good. I didn't even know there was a trailer. For- this kind of came out of nowhere, by the way. Yeah, it just like kind of popped in. I didn't even this know like, they were making like, it. This is one of those Disney movies that like Disney obviously didn't probably didn't think too much of it because they they release all these movies and I'm like, I didn't see one fucking trailer for this man. I didn't even know it was out until you had mentioned it to me, James, and said that it was, I was like, oh, this is this came out. When did this yeah, come out? me and Mikey must be the also. Here's another one. Are the only two people in the fucking world that like this movie? I liked it too, by the way. This is oh, another okay. one that got completely fucking trashed by viewers and critics alike. So, I, I like David Lowry, the director. He he's done some weird shit though. Like <laughs> he did the Green Knight two years ago, which I liked a lot. Uh, I think that was more universally kind of accepted. He also did like 2016 Peter's uh, Pete's Dragon, which I thought was actually a good movie. Well, like once again, too. a movie that nobody saw. I didn't watch it. Along there with Nine Day. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he shoots like he shoots like. They're pretty art. This is like probably this is a pretty artsy film. I would say, Mike. I don't know if you agree yeah. with that or not. Like, no, I do. Yeah, definitely. It's a little dark, like color saturation wise. It's not a very pretty movie. I would say. Yeah, almost but, opposite like, of Green Knight, though, right? Which is yeah, no. there are good looking scenes in this movie, but and also I will say, want to stand out. Jim Gaffigan plays Shmi, and I thought he was really funny. By the way. Randomly in there. Yeah. I, like, oh, I didn't know he was in this film. Like, what the fuck is Jim Gaffigan doing here? What a silly goose. Um, <laughs> I, did it kids. I, I would say, Mikey, I don't know if you agree or not, but like Jude Law was like a scene stealer every time. It looks like yep. he had a blast like filming this. And I like the backstory they gave to Captain Hook in this movie quite a bit. Yeah, the, um, the changes they made from the story I know were really mm-hmm. clever. And I, I just really like what they did. I don't know how people yeah. could not like I like movie. the message. No, yeah, I think it's definitely. maybe maybe people were just expecting one thing get something else. I don't I don't know. Yeah, I, I actually yeah. agree with you, Mikey. I I really enjoyed it. I thought the um 
I thought they could have shown Neverland a little more. That's my yeah, it was gripe. a little quick, and it's mostly on a boat. Just like an, it's, yeah, it's just like an island. Like they don't really even. Yeah. They show you like one quick shot of where the Lost Boys are. Like here they stay, and now we're back to the other guys. Don't worry about it, you know. But yeah, it's mostly on like the ship and shit. But I liked it. It never. I didn't. I didn't think it overstayed its welcome. I, I think it's leagues better than like Pinocchio. So wait, which Pinocchio? The one that came out on Disney Plus. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Same oh, I would agree on that one. Yeah, but I mean, even fucking Night and Days better than that movie. So. <laughs> at this point so. he has no idea guys he, he has been filming in over a decade <laughs> next uh, pod well guys we're going to review Night and Day as a special uh, I don't know why I'm defending film I also haven't seen it in over yeah, a decade like, do you really recall this Bill? you're saying it like you're very fucking like you know I know bro dude that movie He's came like, out 13 month, years bro. ago dude it came out in 2010 just let you know. last time we all saw it <laughs> Probably, man. I've Definitely James Bangle fucking directed that, which is insane. Because he he he's gone off to like he's doing the new fucking Indiana Jones, but like you know, just saying. Sorry, Mikey. You you also saw some other stuff on Disney Plus, right? Uh, yeah, I've been I've been watching the Star Wars Visions, or I watched. I should say I'm done with the the season, season two that they just released. Yeah, so I've seen season one as well, but yeah, season two just came out. What last week? I think it was. So uh, uh yeah, on uh, Star Wars Day, May the fourth. Yeah, yeah. So four days ago, five days ago, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, there's nine episodes, I think, uh, yeah. and it's just an anthology. If you don't know what visions are, it's an anthology of animated shorts uh, based in the Star Wars universe. So they're not canon stories. They're kind of uh, reimaginings or, or like different uh, people's point of views and different things that happen. They're just things that happen in the Star Wars universe that not necessarily happened in the movies. They're just like alternate stuff, alternate universe kind of things. Um but I really liked this season. They did a lot of like there was a lot of different animation styles. Uh, there was a lot of different like takes on things, and I feel like they did a lot of like uh, children or uh, that that had like force powers. So it could be like mm-hmm. leading into other stuff or kind of you know what the movies might be in the future here, hopefully at least. So, uh, but I really liked all, almost every single episode. I think my least favorite was the first episode. Um, and it's just because it was like just kind of basic, but it was still pretty decent. It was still pretty good. Uh, there's a couple in there that are like really good. Um, and uh, so if you like animation and you like Star Wars, uh, I would watch both seasons. I thought both seasons were pretty good. I agree. I saw it too, Mikey. Um, season one really focused more on anime the whole time. This mm-hmm. one, they got a lot of different studios and there are some still some anime in there. It's one or two episodes, I think. But yeah, I liked it a lot, man. Uh, there's a lot of stop motion kind of esque episodes in this one, and even like Ardman gets an episode, who's famous for like Wallace and Gromit and stuff. And I thought it was great, man. So, yeah, really enjoyed it. Did you watch it, Nabil? I've seen the first four episodes up to the Ardman episode, so yeah, that's as far as I've gotten so far. But I agree. Like, I like seeing the different animation studios. Like James said, the first one was all kind of anime houses, and this one's um, other global anime ho- uh, animation houses. So it's it's good to just get their take on it and see their style visualizing some version of Star Wars, some some offbeat story. So I yeah, think I it's a great uh, thing they created. There's like even like an Indian episode, which is crazy, you know? Is there? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, a lot of these, yeah, a lot of these, I feel like a lot of these episodes could be expanded to something even more. So that's like, maybe they this proves to them that, hey, they we're, we can handle these things too. Because, you know, Star Wars is sometimes, you know, they don't let a lot of people touch it, but when they do let people touch it, sometimes it doesn't 
come out the greatest, but I think these are pretty solid, man. So, yeah, I don't think there was a a, a bad episode the whole time. No, uh, all nine episodes were pretty good. There was some I liked better than others, but even the quote unquote bad ones were pretty good. So definitely, it's a definite watch for anybody like Star Wars. Can never say no to you know just more lore, more thoughts of expanding that universe. You know, all right, uh, but yeah, uh, that's it for me. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say anything else, Mike. That's cool. Uh, with me then, I saw a few things. We're talking about three movies I saw. One of them actually, I saw with Mikey, but I'll talk about that in a moment. I want to talk about a movie called Martin, a 1976 film. This is a George A. Romero film that um, was seemingly lost actually for years until they recently found a, a like a copy of this movie in someone's like garage, one of those kind of things. It's hard as fuck to find this movie. It's about like um, I won't get into what it's about. Basically, they did this, and they uh, in the over in the UK they did a restoration. Second sight, second sight films. Who also recently released like a Texas Chainsaw 4K disc. Did a 4K disc of this Martin movie. I ordered this back in actually December, and um, finally got it about two weeks ago. So it just got delayed so many times. I have no idea. I, I'm assuming just them cleaning it up and getting it ready for home release. You know. Something like that. But the movie is about a guy that is kind of a serial killer, but he he, he also might be a vampire. That's kind of the gist of the story. Oh, and he's interesting. <laughs> and he's dealing with like. He's dealing with everyday life and then he finds someone that he kind of falls in love with and he thinks that, hey, maybe I don't have to do this anymore. And blah, blah, blah. Uh, long story short. So I waited I waited like five months to get this movie right. Five or six months. I've known about the release. They announced it like two years ago. And truthfully, I did not think this movie was that good. <laughs> so this uh, this was very disappointing, man. I was struggling to That's stay awake in this goddamn okay. movie, man. I was like, fuck, I own it, too. So <laughs> uh, it is just so I don't know. I, I talked about this before. I've watched these other George A. Romero films. So like, uh, yeah, you guys know I love like Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead. Uh, even Day of the Dead's okay. I think it's okay. I don't think it's you know some people really love Day of the Dead, but and I don't I don't think his early stuff does it for me. A lot of them feel like student films, I guess. Still to me, like the pacing's really slow. You can tell it's only shot at like friends' houses and shit. Because there's like I don't know, like see, like before this is like Season of the Witch and the Crazies, and I didn't think those were like good at all. Like they're uh, it's just something about them. It's like the pacing, really. I think. The pacing is not quite there. Like he, this is still, this is his fifth movie, I think, and it, he didn't make *Dawn of the Dead* yet, and that's where I think he really like got it down. Because like, let's face it, *Night of the Living Dead* is really like a student film. It just got really popular, blew up. Yeah, people were like, "Oh shit, it's pretty good." And I think *Dawn of the Dead* is where this is like his peak. Truthfully, I mean, that's kind of fucked up, but I mean, that's one of the. I think that's one of the greatest horror films ever released. So I'm still giving him a lot of praise on it. It's just that this film itself just. Just reeks of like that late seventies kind of horror where it's just like, what the fuck is this? You know, that's what I'm just trying to get at. If that makes did sense, it, <laughs> did it have anything that made you feel like, oh, you know, like, here's a myself. cult aspect of <laughs> there's a cult aspect of the no, film not at all like, because fucking nobody's seen this movie in years, dude. Hard <laughs> as fuck to find this movie, dude. They don't even. I mean, the fact I had to import it, like it's still not even out right. here. Like the the rights for this movie are tied up in the U.S. I don't think it's ever gonna get released out here. So I had to import it, which it wasn't that expensive, to tell you the truth. If you go through Zavi.com, you can get a lot of import uh, 4Ks. A lot of 4Ks, like 95, 98% of them are all region-free, too. So even if it says oh, region B cool. on it, you can watch them still. 
I have a bunch of even Australian, even Australian Blu-rays really I can play on. That's um, where you got Super American. Mario Brothers, right? Yeah, I have Super Mario Brothers 93 and then I have um, like a movie called Chopper. Long story short, yeah, disappointed. I waited this long. I was like waiting for the fucking person to drop it off in the mail too. It was one of those like, oh, it's going to be here today. Awesome. Highly <laughs> anticipated. Dude, right? And then I watched it. I was like, fuck. So <laughs> I was like, how fucking. Dude, I do it like halfway through a movie. I was like, I don't think it's going to end better than this. <laughs> I was like, I think this is it. Honestly, when you first started talking about it, I got super interested. Like, oh, he's a half serial killer, half vampire kind of guy. He, like, It sounds like it would be, but then, fuck, man. I don't know. Uh, maybe I'll borrow it from you and check it out. Yeah, if you want to borrow like I said, Mark, if you want to borrow it, it's all yours, man. So, yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. It just didn't do it for me. But once again, I think if maybe you are a fan of like that early to late seven, all the 70s horror, like I guess. Maybe. horror almost. Kind of, yeah. I would say that student filmish maybe you want to see some early romero stuff and i mean the 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 selling point is probably that it's technically like a like a lost film right that's just been rediscovered so maybe that that would maybe you know because if you made it through romero films before like to find a copy of this back in the day it was kind of hard to do and they're they were all really shitty quality so this <laughs> is this is the best this film has ever looked uh, second, me and Mikey went. Uh, Regal has this thing now because I um, I can finally go to him because the podcast we skipped that week, so like it triggers correctly now for us to see these like mystery movies they do on certain Mondays of the month. Oh, um, interesting. And you get to see a movie. Basically, it's like five bucks to go see it. If you have unlimited, it's technically free, and you get to see a movie before it's released. The whole catch is they don't actually tell you what the movie is. Uh, we found a loophole uh-huh. though. Uh, we live in the Pacific West Side here, so uh, it's the same movie on the East Coast. So the East Coast usually reveals it. I mean, they do reveal it. There's a Reddit thread and everything, and Twitter, so we can find out three hours prior like what the movie's going to be. This week's one. So just as some context, before we had seen, we got to see Sisu early, which wasn't bad, and then this uh, Monday one was the new Robert Rodriguez directed film with Ben Affleck, um, Hypnotic. Oh, that's how you saw this movie. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So we saw Hypnotic. Uh, We said, fuck it. I actually want to go see that. Um, So we went and saw the movie. It's it's roughly about a man that is. How can I say this? Well, I'm not going to spoil it, but it's a man that is on the case of trying to trying to find this man that basically can use hypnotism to control other people. And this my this guy might be connected with. Like his daughter's gone missing and possibly presumed dead, kind of thing, but they never found a body. So, like, she could be connected somehow. I mean, that's that's all I'll say. It's it's so much different than that, really, overall <laughs> plot wise. But uh, Mikey was basically not aware around the whole time to his film because this man knocked out pretty early on. I could, I have- yeah, I could not stay awake on this film. Like, it didn't catch my attention in the beginning. I was tired that day, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah i tried i as much as i could to stay awake i kept looking film. over I and i was like not that's sad <laughs> yeah no it was, uh, it was I will yeah, say yeah. The, i'll say this much the first 10 minutes i actually was intrigued because that's very much a lot of what you see in the trailer for this movie um i will say this much the trailer movie does not really reveal what this movie's really about which is that's kind of first, i guess right? yeah, yeah which is it's pretty vague but also i think some telltale signs are like before the movie started like Robert Rodriguez has like an intro where he's just talking. He's like, please don't ruin the movie and like don't reveal the twists and blah, blah. I'm like, God damn, dude. I don't think I'm even going to tell people to see this movie. Like, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, 
<laughs> Secret safe with me. But yeah, it wasn't good, man. It is so it, it does a lot of like telling, not showing, if that makes sense. There's a like a lot of there's times when characters would just start like explaining shit that like no one in their right mind in any real situation would ever explain. Like, why the fuck would you say that to me? Like, cause I have to get the plot moving in this film kind of feel to it. Um, it has the dumbest twist too. I think I don't know. I'm Mikey. I don't know if you were awake for like <laughs> to fully feature with that, but when they, when, when they get into the twist to this movie, it goes like full speed into it without like, we're not looking back. Like, fuck it. This is it. And I was just like, yo, man, can we get a little more context on how the fuck this all works? And it's, I don't know. It's not good, is what I'm getting at. I don't know if Mikey, Mikey, I'm assuming, yeah, I mean, from the 10 Mikey's minutes. Like, I don't even remember then, the film. So. <laughs> Mikey's like, shit, man, Netflix in this movie? Right, from what I saw, obviously I didn't like it because I was falling asleep. So, uh, but yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, if I say anything more than what you said, it's still gonna ruin the movie. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm trying. I was, I was tiptoeing. Yeah. I don't know if you can tell, but uh, it's yeah, also not it, very long, by the way, which is shocking. Hour and a half, right? I think it was like hour and a half. maybe an hour and a half, like with yeah. credits, with an hour and a half. So the fact that Mikey couldn't even stay awake for like an hour twenty, twenty five, <laughs> like you know, take it, you Thanks. know. And it wasn't like, like a late movie. It we it started like what seven? Yeah, yeah. We got so. out at like eight thirty five. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. Like, he's like, fuck, man. I don't think Robert Rodriguez is a good director. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's not good. It actually dropped. It, it's actually officially coming out at the end of this week. So, and it's, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't recommend this one. But. Does it have any of his signature traits, like any of that kind of grungy horror, or not horror, but, you know, kind of grunge no. action um, kind of stuff that has, or they are in Mexico it sounds like at a different one kind of film. Point, I guess. I don't want to ruin any more of that. Like they're in Mexico, kind of. But it doesn't have like that same feel as some of his other. Definitely not. At least if, 90s if you didn't films. tell me Robert Rodriguez directed this, I would have never known. There's no, there's no feel to it. Like because he's got a unique style. He's like Quentin yeah. Tarantino. Like he's got a flair, you know. Yeah, I mean, what do they call it? The the Mexico trilogy. The I watched them all yeah, last year. Those are great. I mean, yeah, those all have like a style and a flair to them, and these are like lifeless, man. Mm-hmm. So Mikey's like, well, I think what? you were saying too, like, uh, like Ben Affleck, like just his like facial expression. Dude, like, he looks uh, so fucking annoyed to be in this movie. By the way, like he looks, he generally yes. looks the whole time like, fuck, what are we doing today? Like, like I've never seen someone sleep through a fucking um a performance like this, man. Like he just looks like he's like annoyed. He's like, fuck, let's just wrap this up already. Why did I sign on for this shit? That's what it looks like, at least. Once again, probably. Bashing it a little too hard, but no, it was. He's fuck, doing man. his buddy was, a solid. Fuck, it was maybe, bad. Maybe he was going through his feels. That was his downturn for a little bit. I. It's got to be something, man. I will end this all on a good note, though. I did see a Korean film called "I Saw the Devil." This That's is a good a movie note. that came out yeah. in um, 2010. <laughs> this is um. It, this was recommended to me like a, a while back, but I think maybe because of like the length of the film, I was a little put off by like jumping into it because it's like a two and a half hour film a lot of korean films are i I find that they're kind of longer in length but they also you know are pretty good from what i've seen as well but this movie was fantastic this was like non-stop 
like from the get go, like a movie that just it's shot beautifully. The story is great. It's a mystery thriller, technically. Um, My kind of film, it sounds like already. Uh, yeah, I, I recommend it. I highly recommend you, you guys check this one out. If you guys uh, it's streaming on Peacock, I picked up a Blu-ray of it actually on um, from the thrift store. So I was like, fuck it. It must be a sign to go watch this movie finally. So it's in in, in like a term without ruining what it is. Basically, a serial killer named uh, Kyung Chul played by Choi Ming Sink is like a he's killing people and he kills the pregnant fiance of a basically a government agent. His name is Su Hyun, uh, played by Lee Byung Hun. And that agent, basically, the film is about him trying to find this guy and like exact enact revenge on him, basically, for what he did to him. And, you know, ultimately kind of like ruining his life, obviously ruining his life. Right. It's pretty it's pretty horrific. There are some of the goriest scenes I've ever seen in my life in this movie. Oh. Um, that are like horrifying. Just to say, like, it's literally like what, like, I know it's hard to put. Like, yeah, go see it now. It, it, it I can see why people, man, it, it's just directed so well. The guy, the serial killer, is like the epitome of evil, and it's just like sick in the head, and it's just like disgusting. And there are times in this film where, like, you don't think they're going to show you something. And then they're like, no, nope, you're going to see it. And you're like, holy shit. So it is just like, then the pay, like I said, it's two and a half hours long, but the pacing is so well done. It doesn't even feel like it's two and a half hours. It's like, oh shit, this is it, you know? So I highly recommend it. Uh, it's streaming on Peacock if you are um, at all interested in this one. I, this is the movie that I would say, you know, you saw two shitty ones and this is the one like this is a definite like win in my book so i'd recommend it something to check out then i'll, I'll be interested to watch it, it sounds, yeah i would say check it out good one. i'll try to watch it uh not not dubbed oh yeah i okay i did hear the dub of it and it is fucking terrible for this movie it does not portray like the people in panic mode is like hey guys what's going on i don't I'm like, like oh no danger, it sounds danger, scary <laughs> Oh, please don't where, hurt me <laughs> please no who's the serial killer but yeah no i if you guys have time definitely check this one out it is it will stick with you i think so it's one of those kind of films yeah you've been so talking about be, this one for a lot oh, sorry. uh yeah. yeah no i was talking about it yeah a bit just because i was like amazed by it i'm like holy shit this is good man so i've been watching more foreign films lately and it's um this one's a winner man all right, let's move on then to our main review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I'm going to tell you something. I'm Star-Lord. I formed the Guardians. Met a girl, fell in love. That girl died, but then she came back. Came back a total dick. Oh, please. He left out some important information, but... That is the gist of it. I get the same old dreams, same time every night. Fall to the ground and I wake up. My sacred mission is to create the perfect society. He didn't want to make things perfect. He just hated things the way they are. you all to know that I'm grateful 
Sorry, my friends. Incinerate them. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. It's currently sitting at an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. Synopsis is still reeling from the loss of Gamora. Peter Quill rallies his team to defend the universe and one of their own. A mission that could mean the end of the Guardians, if not successful. This is once again directed by James Gunn, who did the original Guardians of the Galaxy in 2014, as well as Volume 2 in 2017. He also did the DC film, The Suicide Squad, in 2021. It's also written by James Gunn and was initially released in theaters on May 5th, and it's currently still out there. This film stars a big returning cast with Chris Pratt, Coming back as Peter Quill, a.k.a. Star-Lord. Zori Zaldana as Gamora. Dave Bautista as Drax the Destroyer. Karen Gillan as Nebula. Palm Clementif as Mantis. Vin Diesel comes back as Groot. As well as Bradley Cooper as Rocket. We also have Sean Gunn coming in as Craiglin Obfonteri. And Chuck Woody Wuji as the High Evolutionary. Will Poulter comes in as Adam Warlock. Elizabeth Debicki as Aisha. Maria Bakalova as Cosmo, the space dog. And a nice little appearance by Sylvester Stallone returning as Stakar Ogard. So a good big <laughs> big cast of uh, characters in this film. Very colorful uh, characters here. I'm going to start with our guest this week and ask Mikey. What were your thoughts on the overall film uh i actually really enjoyed this one um i i can say this pretty easily and say in the last two years i haven't liked a lot of marvel films this was the first one that i was like i would see this again in the theaters and not care like i would never go to any of the other ones again in the theater this is the first one i'm like okay let's do this uh, and i want to go see it again i don't know if i'm going to have i have a trip coming up so i don't know if i'm going to get to but I would definitely see this again in the theater. I thought it was really good. I enjoyed the story. thought it was acted really well, actually. And the CG uh, looked absolutely amazing, in my opinion. So I, I liked almost everything about this movie. There's a couple of things I thought was a little bit, a little bit weaker, but I still like them. Uh, but just overall, just a, I just liked most of the stuff that happened in this movie. I thought it was really good. Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that. I know we're going to talk a little bit more about it uh, later on in our review, but I feel like the Guardians of the Galaxy's franchise as a whole kind of is a carved out standout from the rest of the uh, Marvel MCU. You know, like the whole thing. Like they've got, they, they obviously fit in with it, but they're far enough out in the universe where they don't necessarily have to be uh, beholden to everything else that the MCU is trying to put in your face. And that kind of gives them that little unique aspect from everybody, from all the other franchises. Yeah. yeah. How about you, James? What were your thoughts on the film? Well, you guys know me and Marvel, which is having we're having a rocky relationship lately. <laughs> the last couple of years, we just gotten so burned out of this shit. And I think you know, truly, the last one I really thought was like crazy good was Spider Man: No Way Home, and um, which is one of the Sony produced ones, which is fucking crazy. I know, right? Who, who would have <laughs> ever say oh that? Oh my <laughs> god, I love the Venom films. Oh, you guys know now my secret. No, um, I really like this man. This was a really good, like, I know that, like, 
James Gunn approached it with like a three episode kind of thing or like a like a trilogy, you know, and his character arcs is everyone's different from the first one. And and I, I really felt that felt that here. And I I thought it was a good story. I like the characters and it was a lot of fun. It felt like it did. I mean, a lot of people are saying like, hey, this feels like the Marvel films before Endgame. And yeah, this actually does feel like a pre Endgame film because, um, you know, most of the ones afterwards are just not good. I mean, we don't know where they're going with those films, yeah. I still don't know what they're doing anymore. Yeah, so like Ant Man, for instance, I, I I thought was terrible. I think that was terrible. And a lot of the shows, it's funny. Like Rotten Tomatoes just released something like yesterday, showing like all the releases, and like every year normally was just like maybe two to three releases of Marvel things, and then like twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two have like twelve releases because the shows and shit. Like, dude, it's too yeah. much Marvel shit. Like. Slow down, guys. Like, fuck. Spread the shit out a little more. I get it. Some of them are TV shows and such, but like, whew. But well, coming back to Guardians. Streaming service now, right? So. <laughs> Which was nice to see, like, on this one, like, nobody popped up at the end, like, make sure to stream this on Disney Plus for a discount. <laughs> so, just like, you know, technically, end of Ant-Man, they're like, guess what? This story continues if you pay a subscription. But... Yeah, I liked it a lot. I thought the villain was really cool in this one. The plot with Rocket just worked. Um, got me in the feels. So yeah, I thought this was this was great, man. You know, it's funny you say that though because I'm also I agree with both of you guys. Like, I think the film was actually stellar, but the the box office wasn't as strong for this film in the opening weekend, that. at least compared to. In fact, not even compared to anything. Overall, I think it's one of the weakest openings for a Marvel film. In recent history, it's I don't know how fatigue. Yeah. It's got to be yeah. like superhero fatigue. It's happening, which is unfortunate because you know, just from what you guys just talked about. Now, this film did feel like a pre-Endgame Marvel film. Like it, it was. It feels like enjoyable. The good days. The good. Days. It was. It made it. It gave me the feels. And you know, there's a lot that happens that we're going to talk about in this movie. But I also feel like these. Guardians of the Galaxy characters, the whole crew in this film is more true to form than what we got to see when they were all together with uh, Infinity War Endgame. Like, Peter Quill was way more, like, smarter, is more of a tactician. I mean, there's a scene where he's, like, setting up these force field things. I don't know exactly what he was doing, like, doing something with taking down shields, but he did it so, like... Like he knew what he was doing while also talking shit about whatever he was talking shit about, um, like effortlessly. Yeah. yeah. Whereas in the last like uh, Marvel uh, adventure films, he was like kind of the comic relief, like this the stupid emotional guy. Which yeah, he had his reasons, you know, for what he was going through. But at the same time, wasn't the same. Way, which is funny. Yeah, it's like not the same, not the same Peter Quill, you know. And I liked that. And I'm assuming it's more James Gunn because he's, you know, fleshing out these characters way more. But um, I enjoyed just seeing them back as a crew. In fact, I would have liked to see more of Rocket. He was a central part in the film in a way. But I would have I liked when he was really a part of the film near um, the latter half of it that I got to see more of him there. But I kind of started missing him because of his quips and how funny he was during the middle uh, and beginning parts of the movie. You know, that was um, so it was nice to kind of see everybody together that way. But yeah, I think uh, I agree with all of you guys. I thought the film was quite enjoyable and definitely worth a watch again. If I can watch it again, I can't wait to see it on uh, on streaming. At the very least, I'll watch it on streaming again uh, when it gets um, released on there and inevitable. 
30 days or so. so <laughs> I think me, um, me and Mikey talked about it. I think, they're up, yeah. it. I think they're spread out a little more now. Not 30 days or 40 days anymore. I think it's 60. Are they pushing back up? More. I did just yeah. see a film that we just reviewed. I'm trying to remember. Evil Dead comes out tomorrow. Evil Dead. Yeah, that's already coming out. And I'm like, wow, that seemed like it just was yeah. no time. <laughs> but so. hey, very successful. So they yeah. ain't got no problems. Exactly. Um, so now that the crew's all back and we have all these fun returning characters, you know, I meant I touched on it a little bit, but James, what did you think about, you know, the all the guardians being together again, including the uh reintroduction, the reintroduction of Gamora? What were your thoughts on, on all the leads? I liked him, the leads worked for me. Um, Peter's by the way, did you guys see that like the time possibility from like the Second movie, this one is like 12 years or something like that. Since like the Yeah, with the five-year time jump and then the yeah. Thor thing. I th- yeah, that makes it's sense. It's roughly like 12 years since that of like the second movie, which is kind of crazy. I was like, I would have liked to see a little more between, but whatever. Yeah, Peter's cool. I think um, Chris Pratt really nails this role, especially in this one. He's definitely the leader, and it's not questioned. I, I liked everyone's yeah. like family like feel to this all if that makes sense like how everybody's like even like nebula has changed so much like karen gillen's character like she used to be like the she was hunting him down in the fucking first she's a bad guy in like the last two films essentially you know and then this one she's like she even says something like yeah i don't think it's a spoiler but like something about family too at one point it's just like Mm -hmm. like accepted like no this is our family like why would you do that like okay cool everyone's like fucking cool so i liked everybody in this movie man mantis is more like the her and drax are like the Fucking kind of kind of continuing off of I, you guys saw the holiday special, I'm assuming kind of how they did stuff there where they're kind of like the comedic relief, too. And that worked this time around for me. So I thought everyone did great, man, like lead wise on the on the protagonist side, at least. So Yeah, I think the dynamics were very solid and fleshed out. We got to really see the bonding between the two characters like Drax and uh, Mantis together working, you know, off of each other and their Mantis manipulating him in some way and being honest yeah. there's like yeah, very funny scenes We're between dead. them yeah so the, the definitely some good interactions there i do like the fact that um i think it was probably a blessing for james gunn the um the plot line with thor with yeah, being with them was resolved in thor ragnar he said he was gonna he's gonna he was gonna write him off anyways because he's like he didn't want him on the thing so. right so I, I'm glad that they kind of he didn't have to try to address that. That was already sorted out. They can kind of continue on. Um, was what about like, you? What a fucking mess of a movie that Thor. Huh? <laughs> what am I oh. supposed to do with this? <laughs> what What about you, Mikey? Um, how did you feel the dynamics were? Any Any kind of standout characters for you in this movie? Uh, well, I, I kind of echo what you guys said already, but I just feel like uh, I actually I didn't know there was a time jump. It makes sense now that you guys started talking about it, but knowing that it actually makes more sense because everybody seems like. They're just, I mean, kind of what you guys said, they're, they're family, right? But they all have like their own roles. They're kind of comfortable in them, it seems like. Been a while, I think. Uh, yeah. They kind of know everybody and what they're doing daily. They're like, oh, this again. Uh, you know, when uh, when he's drunk, you know, it's kind of like, oh, it's like a Because this is roughly event, what, like right? a year or two after Endgame? Maybe? Yeah, sounds I would right. think it's even a little longer, maybe, right? I don't, I'm not sure if they know or not. I don't know. Who knows? Who fucking knows? I think we're caught up to the time at this point because I think it, it's now 2023, 2024. I'm hearing that time. too, but I don't, I don't fucking, who knows? Then they're going to just wreck on it. <laughs> Sorry, Mikey. 
<laughs> no, that's that's fine. I, I just yeah, I just echo what you guys said already here. It's it's just everything seems kind of amped up. They all seem like a family, and they kind of meshed really well together. Um, I thought this one, I mean, the, just everybody in general, the movie as a whole was a little bit more serious than the other ones. And that being said, it still has like its quips and and comedy that kind of rolls in at like the perfect timing. Uh, it just everything seemed to just gel well with the the main people in the in the in the movie. So. Speaking of the kind of darker elements of it, um, we we get to see a bit of uh, Rocket's origin story. I think he's the one character that we didn't get a chance to in the other films to really understand what he'd been through. What were your thoughts about how that was handled? Um, I know a lot of people have called out like the animal cruelty part of it. Like, if you, if, I don't know who's really into animal cruelty, but I guess if you're very uh, uh, sensitive to that, like it, it gets a bit intense. But how did you feel they? portrayed that and then like what were your feelings towards just his origin story and how that played into the movie uh yeah no uh, i thought they really did a really good job i love the flashback scenes for rocket it just kind of built him as a character because we see him like put, building gadgets and stuff but you never really see like the emotional side of him and it's kind of because of his past and he kind of regains that in this movie a little bit so seeing like where he came from and his friends and uh you know that aspect of everything kind of just really like kind of brings it home a little bit um and kind of like you see his struggle and like he has hope and then it gets taken away and you know and so he has another group of friends that um that you know kind of like the guardians right that's like the previous his previous friends group right so you get to kind of see what happens to them and like why rocket is rocket and it really does bring you know, a sense of why he is who he is right now. And like in the first two movies, I feel like it it was like a perfect intro to the first two movies and like how he is that way. And I feel like he's kind of changed in the third movie. And so you kind of see both aspects of Rocket at the same time. Um, I don't know if that makes sense or not, but. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, What about you, James? Did did you feel like the the outcome of Rocket Story gave you more, gave him more depth. Did you feel that that really was kind of an earned ending for him as he went through to the film, or did you think that it was like yeah, it was nice to have, but we could, <laughs> we we could have just not had uh, it? No, I think it's necessary. I think that that's the heart of this movie is his story, his origin story, especially God when they're like naming each other. I was like, oh my god, yeah, sad because I have big teeth. I was like, fuck <laughs> that goddamn walrus. Shut up. And then got his friendship with the fucking otter Lila, and it's like, God damn, this is, you know. Yeah, his home. Obviously, I mean, it's a spoiler, but not really. I mean, you don't see these three in any other movie, right? So, I mean, you can guess what happens. But no, it's it's definitely like, it's just that it shows, I mean, it, it, it goes with like the high evolutionary, right? Like, like he, he's, he's technically like thinks on his own and that gets him in trouble, but then like, like Mikey said, they have thoughts of like, oh, we're going to be able to live in this new world that he's made for us and all these things. And then later he gets it ripped apart from him like, oh, and it shows you, especially like the way he escapes and the, the events that transpire, which will, I mean, I will wait for the spoilers to go over that. Like it really shows you why he's kind of hardened, you know, by the time that we see yeah. him. And he's obviously gone through things like God, I would have even liked to see how he kind of maybe have how you met Groot, you know, that would have been kind of cool. I was like, feeling the same. I leading yeah. up to just that part would have been nice. Yeah. Yeah, like, how do you, how do, yeah, I know. Wait for the <laughs> rocket and Groot sideshow. It's coming. And it's funny that they, I did, I did like how they kind of are showing that he like, or he was mispronouncing words. He had, he has kind yeah. of that Brooklyn esque accent, you know? And he's like, 
kind of using slang and then the fucking evolutionary doesn't like that shit. He's like, what the fuck? Um, and man, there's like, a, oh, I go over spoilers, but there's, you know, just seeing the little baby. I mean, it's all CG, which is fucking crazy. Like there's no it real animals, really, man. It looked really good. Well, you this is where you tell, know they spent the money yeah, here. You can and tell actually, they took yeah. that criticism from like She-Hulk and they're like, fuck, we got to make sure that some of these look fucking decent. So yeah. the, this is probably the best looking Marvel CG film in like the last three years. I'm not gonna lie. So like hands. I mean, since the end game uh, and uh, Infinity War sagas, probably because yeah. I mean, they obviously the budget on those were insane. But I mean, this the dog is, was full CG. I didn't even know that. I thought it was a dog. Was he full? Yeah. I don't know. I saw James, James got a little celebrity hangout. No, it he was a mix. He said question. yes and no. I asked. No, he said it's yes. The dog he is said, not real at all. No, he said no. Yes, no. The dog is yeah. not real, and yes, it's fully CG. Ah, uh, that's what he said. Okay. Oh, uh, there you go. See, I had like seventy thousand views on that fucking thing. Yeah, James Gunn James. answered my question, which is James Ring, bonafide celebrity, right here representing MPP. <laughs> oh, there we go. I was like, thanks. Thanks a lot, James. Then go look over your Superman movie. <laughs> I was like, hopefully. So, uh, no. So, yeah, even Cos- Cosmo, by the way, I liked as a side thing, just let you know, as a character. She is in the um, holiday special, obviously. So, not the first time she we've is. seen her fully talking and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, she's she she's a cool little character. So, yeah. Yeah. She's, she's a good dog. Yeah, she's a I loved that part. <laughs> Just like that whole thing that was going around the whole movie. Yeah. It was great. Because she's, at the end of the day, still a dog, and it's hilarious. <laughs> she's like, what do you mean? Um, speaking of characters here, you talk, touch a little bit on High Evolutionary, um, and the... I, I want to say he was a compelling villain. He's He's definitely... I like the fact that he was in his own thing. You know, this whole Thanos thing happened. You've got this multiverse going on uh, as as the overarching main plot of the movie with uh, mm-hmm. Kang the Conqueror and everything. But then you have this high evolutionary guy who's kind of uh, who's kind of in talking about um, you know he's 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 in his own world, creating his own worlds, creating his own societies, just as an aside from everybody else. And it kind of is interesting to see him just kind of be inserted in because he wouldn't have really been related to anything that's been yeah. going on in the greater world because he's focused on his own thing. So I like how they introduced that because it wasn't just like, well, where the hell have you guys been this whole time? You know, dealing, why didn't you deal with this before? Like, no, he's, he's not out to rule the galaxy. He wants to create his own society of people the way perfect he wants society. to do it. Yeah. Yeah. His, and his thought is perfect society. Yeah. Um, I thought it was very compelling, very evil. Um, and I really, I kind of really like how Chuck Woody, really kind of brought his character to a much more demented and fearful state of being like uh, everybody was scared of him that was around him. Um, but at the same time, like the guardians was like, well, he's just another bad dude trying to do some stupid thing that we, you know, we could care less about. We just want to save our friend kind of thing. Um, James, what were your, what was your take on the high evolution there? I don't know if you're familiar with him at all in the comics or if you read much about him, but did you find, did you did you like what you saw on screen, or did you feel like he was just kind of a, a one note villain? No, I liked him a lot actually. Uh, never heard of him before, and truthfully, I don't feel like they showed him a lot in the fucking trailers. I don't know, which I think is a good thing. We didn't get to me. have to see too much of him. Is that just yeah. me? Yeah, which trailers? I think Chuck Woody Woogie is really good too. I don't know if you guys watch the Peacemaker TV show, but he's yeah, he's, he's in that, mm-hmm. and I think he's really good in that show. So, 
he has a little bit of a strange role by the end of that whole season. But <laughs> um, uh, James Gunn works a lot with people that he he works a lot with, like the same actors and actresses. And this is like he had such a good time working with that. Yeah, with him on Peacemaker that he brought him for this one, and I think it's good. Now more people are exposed to him. Uh, I think, dude, I think the High Evolutionary might be one of the the best villains Marvel's had since fucking Loki. So I thought he was really good. He's so fucking evil. There's not like at least with Loki, you can be like, oh, I kind of like Loki because he's you know a smart ass. But but with this guy, I'm like, dude, this guy fucking sucks. You know? Yeah. At least that's how I saw it. Like like he does some shit that is like, I'll talk about spoilers too. But it's like, what the fuck, man? Like, dude, stop with no being, remorse. Stop being like, so he's mean. Evil. <laughs> he he just doesn't give a fuck about no one. He's just yeah, you know, textbook comic book villain. But at the same time menacing enough like you should be worried about him like you, yeah. you also don't just fuck with i him. think his look is cool too that stretched like face mask thing, shut face we'll yeah talk about looks so fucking real too by the way i was like i kept thinking every yeah. time they showed it i was like I was trying to figure out how they did like, it yeah how they do this i'm like yeah it's obviously some really good fucking makeup like i'm like damn makeup crew did fucking amazing and it is funny. He's like, you robot, uh, you Robocop face. And I was like, yeah, it looks <laughs> like fucking that's what it was. Yeah. That's what I, thought. I was like, damn, he got it. I was thinking, I was like, what looks like this? Like, I know this look. I was like, shit, he's right. It's Murphy's face. So, uh, <laughs> dude, he's so evil. He's just an, like, he's not likable at all, but maybe that's why he's so good at the role. And he just does stuff where I'm like, damn, that's fucked up. And I was like, so, especially Nabil, like with your animal cruelty thing. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. you know, yikes. So, yeah, I liked it. How about you, Mike? Any familiarity with the High Evolutionary um, from your end, or anything that was set uh, up for you for him? No, I, I haven't seen him before, uh, or like I didn't even know who he was until you know we saw him on screen here. So. No real past on it, and you know when I was reading the outline here, I, I was like, I just really didn't like this character. But then I was like, okay, well that's kind of the point, right? Yeah, I didn't exactly. like him because he's like, you know, evil and shit, right? So, uh, so yeah, no, I, I, I did end up liking him. Like just thinking about that, like I hated him, you know. But that's what that's why I like him, right? The, you know, that's yeah. why I like him as a character. Um, I actually wish, I mean, because like the rocket flashbacks are actually kind of his story as well right you kind of get to know him through the flashbacks as well oh that's um, true yeah right so it's kind of like a dual purpose flashback right um and um, i wish uh, that was one of the things i mentioned earlier here i wish they had done a little bit more i wish they had done a little bit more on him and kind of i mean he gets powers somehow like he didn't have him before i think it's does. the suit that he's wearing it's a suit. yeah so yeah. I, didn't, I didn't catch that if that's what they i didn't if they Which we can talk about like that, in but, spoilers yeah. yeah why he has okay. that so so yeah, I didn't know too much about him, but I would I wanted to know more about him. That was one of the things that I kind of wanted to know uh, more about. But I did like what they put on the screen here in terms of his character. He they did a good job like building his, uh, you know, his story up and everything like that. So he, he was evil as hell. So uh, on the other side of it, we've got our kind of not necessarily villain, not necessarily hero character that they brought in here. That was like supposed to be the big thing at the end of Guardians Two, uh, Volume Two was uh, Adam Warlock. And he was introduced here. Will Poulter is playing him, and I gotta say, I've of of everything in this film, he was the most underutilized character. I was kind of like underwhelmed with what they brought to to him. They just, I feel like they brought him to bring him in. Like it seemed like there was a story there at the beginning as they were bringing in um, his character and 
to, he was a catalyst of the whole purpose of the plot of the film essentially. But um, then it just kind of all faltered in my opinion. Um, I gave him a little redemption arc at the end, but I didn't feel like they really used that character very strongly. Uh, Mikey, any thoughts on your end about like, what, I mean, what did you think about Adam Warlock and his introduction in this universe now? Uh, I mean, I think he could be taken out of this movie and the movie would be the same movie, really. I mean, he didn't really bring anything too crazy. I think the first scene he was in was kind of the coolest scene he did. But mm. beyond that, I didn't like, uh, like, like, I don't know, his personality, I guess. Um, I didn't like how he was portrayed. Uh, and he wasn't utilized enough to make a, a huge impact on me. Um, but, I mean, he looked cool when he was on screen, but <laughs> he other than that, yeah. he like didn't the really bring anything else to him. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Mike uh, James? Did you? I mean, I'm assuming you have some familiarity with Adam Warlock and. and oh yeah, Marvel definitely. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, like, uh, especially Infinity Stone wise. Exactly, and like which which doesn't yeah. come into play here for him at all. No, he's he's like a bumbling idiot in this in this movie, and and truthfully, yeah. I, I was okay with it. Like it worked. Yeah, he's not as utilized as much. He's there just to move the plot forward, and I think really as like a stepping stone to show you like okay he's gonna be probably popping up a lot more going forward you know uh and his message is kind of about second chances i guess is kind of what you're you're looking right. at because that's that's, the, that's yeah. the big thing so i think it, i it was he necessary no but i mean they teased it then fucking what six years ago fucking adam warlock was gonna come so mm-hmm. i mean hey they did it and i think i, I like will Poulter, so like um He's really good, like in the Hunger Games, not Hunger Games, uh, Maze, uh, Maze Runner, Maze Runner, Maze Runner. That's it. With that weird fucking face of his. Uh, he also got jacked for this movie. So he got like, super jacked. Jesus, super jacked. Christ. I was like, God, he's golden. So, but yeah, I mean, when, uh, I thought he was okay. He was funny. I thought he was funny bucks, as hell. Yeah. There's that one point. I don't think this is a spoiler. Not really. But somebody is like, puts a gun to like the animal that he's kind of grown fond of because he's hella serious before and then he's like let's not get rash here like he just gets like come on bitch don't come on slow down slow down what the fuck are you about to do and i thought that was fucking hilarious because he's like i'll do i'll do it i don't care he's like then i'll do this he's like whoa hey chill like (laughs) what the fuck so that's my pet yeah he's like stop so but yeah i was like yeah and yeah he did look cool i will say yeah yeah the look the look was there definitely um And Adam Warlock is he—he's supposed to be very powerful. Like he—he can go. He is. I mean, it doesn't matter anymore. But he could have went like head to head with Thanos, kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, he's like Captain Marvel, strong if not stronger than her. So he's really smart in the comics too. So he is. Well, that's what I was saying. Like it seems like very like like a younger kid, right? Yeah. Which yeah. is, makes sense because they, they said he wasn't in his pod the whole time, right? Like they had to take him they, out. Early. It was like a throwaway thing where he's half baked. He's not fully Which ready. Which is funny because, like, hasn't it been like 12 years? I'm like, so when the fuck did you take him out? Like a day right. ago? <laughs> like three years ago? He what do you, you Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, but I think they like live really long. So it's like they're trying to say, yeah. like, it's even like him being like that age where he looks like he's probably in his twenties, right? Like they're like, it's still too early to have brought him out, but they want to seek them out and blah, blah, blah. Because that whole species was created. I mean, they're, they're hinting like the high evolutionary created that species, right? Or something. Right. He's the creator of them. Okay. I guess. So that's fine. But apparently still not perfect enough for him. Yeah. A little too golden. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> so uh, what about now big thing for this film uh, which which I think was really what helped this movie be a good throwback to at least the original Guardians if not a, a, um, older Marvel films is, is the action like especially at the end is like a really solid action sequence of them just taking out a bunch of I don't know what what to call these weird um, mutants. I guess mutants. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> mutant creatures. Just tr- Without trying to get into spoilers here, like Ninja with no remorse, thing. mind you, of everything they were going through, it was like no remorse of killing these things. But okay, whatever. It's like you know, it was really obviously highly choreographed, very stylized, but so fucking like awesome to watch just on the screen and uh, giving everybody yeah. their due of all the little things that they, you know, their action bits, the guns and the swords and the, you know, the brute strength. Like you got to let all that sink in and see that all at once and give them their time. I, I thought it was great. What, uh, James, I want to go to you. What were your thoughts on the, the action overall? Even the specific scene, we can talk about it near the end, but like, mm-hmm. how did you feel about? what James Gunn brought to the action of the Guardians. There's like two sequences, I think, that that's saying, yeah, the hallway scene, obviously, that one's pretty awesome. And yeah. also, I really like the scene with uh, Peter and Drax, no, uh, Peter and Groot, actually, where they are confronting the High Evolutionary the first yeah. time. And Groot yeah. is like, hitting all these guns and shit inside of them. And um, they just start blasting away. I thought that was cool. Because, I don't know, there hasn't been a lot of Marvel stuff that I've been like, oh, that's fucking cool. Like the way that they're pulling it off since Spider-Man, probably. I think Spider-Man's like the last time when I was like, this is crazy. You know, it's funny you say that too, because just thinking about it, like Spider-Man, he can go toe to toe with a lot of guys because he's quick and, you know, he's he's very, he's got the instincts, obviously, with Spider-Sense. But if you try to watch like Doctor Strange or even Ant-Man try to fight someone, they're not those kind of super. Yeah. It's not like it's Captain like, Marvel or Iron Man, you know. Yeah, like you don't right. get to have that I mean, kind even of fun. Seeing Thor, like, did you guys like that last scene with Thor? I mean, like, no. Yeah. Power now. I was like, please no. So, and then That's you know, true statement, yeah. Venom was kind of cool too. I won't lie. So, no, I'm just kidding. But is that is that part of Marvel? No one really knows. I don't know anymore. I actually don't know. What about Morbius? It's Morbid time. It's Morbid time. <laughs> Two. Another movie I slept. I gotta rewatch that movie because I missed like thirty I, minutes. You don't I have to watch that it. film. No, I've no, what I've heard, but it might connect. Who knows? He's with the vulture at the end, guys. Uh, anyways, so I liked it. Action was cool. Everything worked yeah. for this one. I thought they did a good job of. And there's a there even like the ending scene where they take down the big baddie without getting stuff like that was fucking cool. Like teamwork, you know, it's all about teamwork, and they they don't. Every cool sequence had like multiple people. It just it wasn't just one guy highlighting it out. So I was like, "This is pretty tight." So, would you say it's about the family? Yeah, especially Groot says it. <laughs> Please watch Fast X in three weeks. I was like, "What the hell? What did he just say? How did the he hell? throw that in the film?" That's, that's a Universal film. He's like, <laughs> "I am Groot." <laughs> so I was like, "Do I understand him now?" Oh my god! So yeah. What about you, Mike? Um, Mikey, what did you think about um, the action? Any standout scenes um, for, really the, for the movie? Oh, yeah. I, I really like the hallway scene. Uh, the two scenes that James mentioned is the, probably my two favorites as well. But the hallway scene specifically for me uh, was really good. And even just like the non-action, like it's kind of like the, the same scene here. But like all the pets and stuff are running around and like all the crazy creatures and stuff are there. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's what are was a really things? cool scene in general. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, just kind of echo what James said already. I kind of agree with what he said. Mm-hmm. 
Was there anything that didn't work for you for this film, Mikey? Like, did you feel like, I know we talked a little bit about Adam Warlock, but was there anything from the plot or anything else in here that you like, they could have not done this or changed this around a bit? For me, I didn't really see anything that I would like, didn't super work other than like, I already mentioned the Adam Warlock earlier kind of mentioned that I didn't really feel like they utilized him very well. And like, I feel like he kind of be removed and still have a good movie. Um, and then, uh, you know, I wanted a little bit more of high evolutionary, like kind of his backstory and kind of more about him, but overall they did a really good job kind of closing things up, doing a little bit of character development, even though this is kind of like the end of a trilogy, they still did character development pretty well. Um, and you definitely get to know a lot of the characters more so than you did before. So um, they kind of brought in some new stuff and finalized a lot of things and still had a ending where you could have another one. Right. So like they did a lot of things in the story really well. So I, I don't really need anything extra or remove anything. I'd be OK with what they have here other than, you know, Adam Warlock. Yeah. How about in your end, James, anything that you felt like um, kind of held the film back? No, I don't think anything held it back. I will say one gripe I did have was I wasn't as big of a fan of the soundtrack for this one as opposed to the last two films, which I thought had really solid ones. This one uh, for this me. This is more like 90s, right? It went 90s into, and then ended in the I'm 2000s. I'm not sure. Some of the songs, I won't lie. I didn't know all the songs. Some of them I was like, this is good, kind of a deep cut. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck this is. Well, he didn't <laughs> yeah, I know who the beats he wanted, right? Are. What was that? Is that what it was? He, James he didn't get, didn't get like two songs he really wanted, and he had to he change get, the songs. I read he only had, had one song he didn't he couldn't get because one of a okay. rights issue. Right, that's yeah. it. And I listened to it, and that's from like the seventies. So I'm like, okay, no. but yeah, like I know the Beastie Boys and like um, the Smashing Pumpkin song. song, right? Yeah, like everyone knows that song. And which Freak I thought was at the good. beginning of the film. Yeah, yeah. No, sorry, what am I Creep. thinking? Creep, right? Creep, yeah, Smashing Pumpkin. I said Freak Creep. No, it's yeah. not Smashing Pumpkins. Radiohead? Oh, Radiohead. Yeah, Radiohead, I'm sorry. Yeah, that song I meant, and Boys, everyone else, I was like, I don't know these songs. So, but they do bring... I bet you Marco knew them. Song. We should ask him. He's he's old enough. Yeah. <laughs> they do back, I know they bring back the Redbone song, which I was like, nice, I love this song. <laughs> which is from the first one, so I was like, cool. But yeah, yeah. that's the only gripe, maybe, because like, it wasn't as recognizable for me. But I mean, they worked, though. A lot, a lot of... A lot of that. And then I will mention this. I don't know why, but was there... I felt like they yelled a lot in this movie, too. Like at each other. <laughs> they did. There was a lot of yelling. <laughs> a lot of emotion. Everybody's yeah. angry with like each there's other. There's a lot of like, hey, shut up. What are you talking about? But I was like, oh, it's kind of like a family thing, though. So that was fine. They were bickering a lot. But I mean, in a in a good way, though, like you said. They're, but I feel they're like family. they always they're... do that, truthfully. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. That's fine. So, But really, there's nothing... I, I didn't think anything was really holding it back. I thought it was a very yeah. old, a put-together movie. I think I don't think there was anything necessarily bad about the film. I think there was a bit of a a gap in some parts of the plot where they were the film has to do with the high evolutionary and his his treatment to these species or beings that he's creating and you know he has no remorse for any of these beings. He's trying to get this perfect species together to build the perfect society. But um the way the guardians kind of go after uh or or try to go and essentially save their friend in this film they have no remorse for life around them which has been kind of what they were before like that's peter quill being a ravager before like he was he has that in him to not care but like they were attacking some of these you know we called mutants 
um, no problem killing. There's a scene where James was mentioning with, with uh, Peter and, and Groot where he's just like, kill them all, you know, and just wants to kill everything around him. And a lot of these things are working under high evolutionary um, under the, his they're orders. Evil, so. Nabil, evil. I mean, I guess, I, but that's what I'm saying. Like, they're not really guarding the galaxy in that sense. They're not really the guardians. They're more like, we're saving our family and I don't care who stands in my way. So there's a lot of a lot of that without any forethought of what they were doing to, you know, the other things around the influence of the high evolutionary. So there's, there's a little bit of that, that kind of bothered, bothered me a little bit, not to anything that ruined the movie, but I thought that that was kind of uh, distasteful in their characters, not necessarily Peter, but maybe some of the other ones around them. Um, And then we had Gamora who I liked, I guess from a sense that she wasn't the original Gamora. So she didn't have a lot invested in the guardians. It meant more to Peter, her being there, than it meant for her being with the Guardians for a little Did bit. Did you like those um, scenes where he's kind of um, remembering the older Gamora kind of thing? Yeah. Where they're like, I, yeah. I thought those were pretty touching. Like where he was mm-hmm. like, I know it's not a spoiler. At one point, she's like, "Oh, we must have been a lot of fun," and he's like, "You wouldn't even believe it," or something. I was like, "Oh, my heart again." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which fucking this fucking movie doesn't know when to end. So. Which I guess we get, you know, th- throughout the end of the, f- as we get closer to the end, you get a little bit of that glimpse of who she was. I don't think that relationship is going to be the same, obviously, because they didn't go through the same stuff. But um, it was it was nice to kind of find a reason to put her there with them, you know, yeah. and get them connected. Yeah, yeah, I, exactly. I did enjoy that part of it because yeah. I felt like I was thinking to myself, like, how are they going to get her to be with them? Like, what will be her purpose? <laughs> you know, she doesn't have anything to do with them anymore. So that was nice to see. Um, I know we talked a little bit about how this compared to the other films, but I um, I do want to ask, like, as as a probably more of a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe as a whole, do you think these films will add anything more to where the MCU is going, or do you think that these are going to continue to stay like they were before, kind of on its on its own section? Um, I'll go to you, James. How do you feel they're going to kind of connect to the MCU? Because even seeing this film, I don't, I'm not seeing their connection in that same sense for the multiverse stuff. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't want to get into that too much right now. Like, who knows where it's going to get into? But I can only assume some of these characters will show up in the next Avengers film, I'm assuming. Since, you know, that seems like it's multiversal. So. <laughs> Especially, I don't know. I don't want to go to spoilers yet, so there's probably some yeah. specific ones. I mean, obviously, like, Drax ain't coming back. We already know Dave Bautista's done. But uh, everyone else seems like fair game, so. Sure. What are they going to do, though? Like, oh, forever Drax, like, oh, he's somewhere else right now. Like, you know? Like, okay, cool. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so I guess we just won't question that yeah. shit. Like, don't worry about well, it. Well, I mean, they can just more... never mention him, right? Here's... They don't have to say where he's at. I mean, no, these fucking Marvel, Disney people, Star Wars people love to mention fucking people. Like, they're all the recalls, Sam. Yeah, he's he's on a trip, so that's why he couldn't come. Like, they talked about Jane Foster for years without showing her until the last Thor. Like, where's Jane at? Like, well, we brought her to safety. I'm like, didn't even have to tell me that, but thanks, Thor. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we broke up. We're not friends anymore. Yeah, then I know I'm like, seemed like you were in love at the end of that second film, but okay. How about you, Mikey? Anything that you feel like these do to enhance the MCU overarching story that's supposedly going to come through one day or maybe never? Who knows at this point? Uh, 
To be honest, what a loaded I, question. Hold on, man. What a <laughs> dude. What, like, what, dude. I don't even know where the fuck Disney's going right now with all this shit. I know. What well, that's what I'm about? saying. Like, this, who knows where they're even going at this point with a lot of the back end controversy with with um, Jonathan Majors and I've got not, even forgetting about Kang. Just nobody's really liking where they're going with their normal stories and they're all this streaming stuff. So who knows what they're trying to do at this point. To be honest, though, uh, I think we kind of talked about it in the in the beginning. Uh, it's like these are kind of like offset, right? They're, they're kind of out in space. They're kind of by themselves. They, to me at least, they don't fit with the rest of the crowd. They kind of are their own little separate story. I mean, will they or could they absolutely bring some of these characters in to like an Avengers style movie or whatever they're planning on doing? Um, I, I think some of them could work, some better than others, but. Honestly, I'd be okay with just leaving these guys as kind of a separate entity and not being mixed in with the others, the other groups. And I'd, I'd yeah. be okay with that. I like that. I feel the same. I think that's good. Um, all right. So before we go into spoilers, let's talk about what we rated these films. I'm going to start with you, Mikey. How many stars did you give this out of five? I gave it four and a half stars. Four I thought it was really good. Everything we've been talking about, it's, it's just been a good film overall. Good story, good characters, good everything. So, four and a half it is. Very nice. How about you, James? Uh, one out of five. How many stars? I also give this 4.5 out of five. Very cool. And I also gave this a four and a half stars out of five. So, very oh, shit. One or two much on the line here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mark will give it a five out of five. We don't even have to ask him. We already know. He loves we already know. We knew before the movie. We knew. Yeah, <laughs> before he saw the film. <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to jump into spoilers. Just talk a little bit about the end of this film and then kind of where we see the Guardians going at this point or what's changed. Um, if you haven't seen the film and you don't want to have us ruin this for you, please jump ahead a little bit. We will tell you what we're going to be watching next on our big episode number 150, which will be a fun time, I'm sure. So go ahead and skip forward if you haven't seen it. If not, uh, stick around just a little bit while we go into spoilers. Okay, so the ending. Rocket is saved. He kicks ass with everybody. They all no decide that no, no one, one dies. dies. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's very surprised. I was surprised. I expected somebody to be you know KO'd here because they've given us a history of people dying before. You know, yeah. um, in this in the series, so it wouldn't have been surprising that they killed off a main character. Um, very misleading. I know you guys didn't. I know Mike at least didn't see the trailer, but they show the scene where they're holding um, Peter Quill. Um, walking through whatever at the beginning um, where he's like knocked out. And I'm thinking that I thought he was going to die or something, but apparently that was just, you know, fake out in the trailer. Yeah, just him drunk, yeah. Yeah, just him drunk being carried. Um, but, but essentially everybody gets a good little, you know, they need a mental health break, need to find themselves, just like a lot of us have had to do. Um, and, and they all want to go their own ways. Um, I'm going to go to you, Mikey. What do you think about these Guardians now kind of being, at least the original Guardians, being broken up and doing their own thing? Like, we we touched a little bit, I know, about how some of the characters will, you know, like Drax may not be mentioned, who knows. But, I mean, just from a character standpoint, like, how do you feel about that? Do you think that that was well-earned? Do you want it to kind of see them stay together? Did you need somebody else to die? Like, <laughs> what were your thoughts? <laughs> I mean, I don't think you necessarily have to kill somebody. Although I did think someone was going to die in this movie. 
um, just what everybody's been talking about. Um, it just kind of felt that way. Um, like you said, I didn't see trailers, so I didn't see like the fake outs they put in there, but I heard there was a bunch of them where like you see like Drax and Rocket like pretty much in like dire situations and yeah. then Quill uh, being carried like that. So uh, so I heard there's a bunch of stuff like that. So I kind of expected it just hearing people talk about it. But I don't know. The way they did it was pretty clever, I think, because they all, yes, they're all going their own way, but they're all doing something that they could just come back. Right. So not that they're all going right. to all Anytime. come back, but, you know, Peter just went to see his dad, um, you know, uh, grandpa. Yeah, gran- grandpa, yeah, right. yeah. grandpa. Yeah. Mantis is just chilling to fill- find herself. Right. Yeah. So, she's like, I got to find uh, myself. So it's like they all left, yes, Where? but they all are just doing life, right? So they could always just come back to where the headquarters are at, uh, nowhere, uh, and uh, you know, and just come right back together. So I, I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to do that. Obviously, I don't. Obviously, they're. I mean, some of there's going to be contracts and shit that they got to deal with, but I don't think they'll bring everybody back. But they could literally bring almost anybody back that left and just be perfectly fine. So I don't think it really kind of affects the future of the guardians in, in in a big impact way but actually you know honestly just looking at the group they have left just to, there's like a final scene with the new you know like quote unquote the b squad i guess uh of people and they actually they still look like a pretty good squad so i feel like even if they no one came back i feel like they'd be okay um i feel like they could still have like the style and, and the feel of a guardians of the galaxy movie with just the people they they have left so yeah i think you know with the right with the right uh right writers uh put together you could probably have a uh a good solid story with the kind of quote-unquote new guardians um with rocket leading the the fray i think rocket was always kind of the second in command with with peter quill so him leading the guardians make does make sense and he's probably the most capable of them all um what about you james I, did you do you like what how they ended it with with this new group or did you want to? I mean, are you optimistic of even seeing a, another film with with the original? Would you not mind seeing it with the new guys? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I have a feeling they're not going to do another Guardians one at least for a while, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. I feel like they're probably a ways away from doing it. If anything, we might see this group like pop up in like the Avengers movie. I'm assuming. I'm just thinking like Secret Wars or something like that. Yeah, yeah. or something maybe like yeah, that's true because it'd be like sci-fi, right? Maybe mm-hmm. that. I don't know. So I, I don't. I don't think I wouldn't mind seeing another one down the line. Maybe they would. You know, they 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 say the post credits scene that Star Lord's going to come back, obviously, so, which mm-hmm. is funny because like Chris Pratt was so like um like iffy on it, like maybe if it was the right thing. I'm like, oh, we didn't realize. Well, I guess you're actually in the goddamn movie, right? So. Or like something's gonna happen. Like once again, he's on Earth. Right. So if there's any Earth events, I would assume he'd he could be show up and do there, right? I don't know how much he's gonna really help, but who knows? Maybe he's crazy. I don't know. But well, even <laughs> speaking about Chris Pratt, you know, he's been doing a lot of these kind of action thriller kind of type films that they've been posting him up to be. And I yeah. like Chris Pratt, but I've not liked some of the work that he's been doing. I feel like not because of him, but because of what these guys have been using but I him don't for. Love like Chris Pratt and Zyre. They're, well, they're not using him to because he's fun. He's a funny guy too. He's very he can be very charismatic on screen, and I don't yeah, feel no, like they definitely. use that to the fullest. Yeah, definitely. And James Gunn has found a way to you know 
put him on screen in that way and use all part of you know his funny charismatic part and an action aspect of it and i like seeing him as his character because of that because that makes me feel like that's the the action and funny chris pratt that i always like seeing whereas some of the other films it's just way too serious and he just has these one one offish lines you know like he's just he's he's not indiana jones you know he he but he can come off as uh, him a little bit sometimes, you know, if you can, if you he's know how that, to use him. He's right. got that charisma for it. I know you mean. Yeah. So I do like him as his character, and I would like to see him more in the MCU. I think he would add where we're missing a lot from. Where would he fit the, in though? Is what I'm characters? saying. Like, if not the Guardians of the Galaxy, like, could he I just show up with the Avengers by himself? Like, hey, well, I do. Peter. I think. He, I think with. Uh, I guess he's Captain America now. Like with with Captain America, the new Captain America, and. Bucky, you know, the Winter Soldier, like having them as a trio, I think that would work off pretty well because they all kind of like in the series, uh, Bucky and uh, Captain America now, um, they had a good kind of riff with each other and had a good relationship. And I think maybe even adding in um, Peter Quill and that and that uh, dynamic would actually be pretty fun. I don't know if he'd work in with anybody else because I think they force a lot of comedy on the other characters. Like the smart Alec Doctor Strange, or you know, Ant Man works fine too, but he's his own thing. I think he stands out uh, compared to everybody else. Yeah. But like that trio, I think he would fit in pretty well. See, I I see him not being like a big main character in another movie. He's I see him as like a Spider Man yeah. in Avengers I, Civil War, right? Yeah. Where he just pops in for a little while, you see him, and then he pops out, and then you're like, you do the Leonardo DiCaprio thing, right? Oh my God, that was Star Lord. Shit. Yeah, so I don't think he's gonna be like a huge <laughs> role. I think he's just gonna pop in, pop out as he, you know, as they kind of need him. He's gonna be a, a minor role in some stuff. It would have to make sense though, Mikey, right? It, yeah, like because that's it'd have I to mean, be I galactic hope, force of some I sort. I hope they don't just throw him in just to throw him in. Like, yeah, wait, well, Peter's in fucking Pennsylvania, right, or something. Like, let's throw him in. Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? So, yeah. Um, and then just to, just as a quick you know one side a side thing that we we didn't mention that I wanted to bring up there there is the first I think it's the first ever at least in the main MCU film the first f bomb um, yeah, which was the uh, the best way to do it I think because it seemed very organic I feel like it was improvised I don't think this was written in it was. Um, where essentially um, Nebula is trying to open this old seventies car door. And she's not understanding how it opens. And Peter Quill's trying to tell her, you know, giving her instructions on how to do it. And it's getting very frustrating. Just like anybody else would be like trying to give the instructions in a hurry. And at the end, end, she's like doing all these things. And he's like, she's like, what do I do next? And he's like, open the fucking door. I don't know where. And it's just very well placed. And you just, you know, at least my audience is one of the few times that they all kind of chuckled audibly at the same time. Um, I... A, a credit to the, the just how much fun that cast was having together, and you know how the environment that James Gunn was bringing to to this film. Like you, you don't get to see that in a lot of the the especially the recent um, Marvel films, and just having an uh, a scene like that, and knowing that it was like unexpected and also enjoyable, uh, or or had a good payoff was was definitely worth just watching that film and, and just for that scene. So I just wanted to kind of mention that in there. It kind of. Uh... It kind of reminded me of like uh, X Men Origins, I think it was, where they they try to recruit Wolverine and he's like, uh, "Yes, Fuck off. that's right." Yeah. It kind of reminded me yep. of that kind of vibe. So I I really like. I thought it was like a perfect scene. It was, it was hilarious. I liked it too. Yeah. yeah, agreed. Yeah, I will. One last thing I do want to mention is like um, 
high evolutionary, like killing all the fucking rockets friends was pretty fucking brutal. That scene alone. Well, he, he when didn't Lila really kill him, get, right? Oh, I guess no, he, he shot shooting, Lila huh? when she comes out, dude, yeah, and like she like raises her hands and got shot. I literally gasped. I was it like, was oh sad. Yeah, I was like, fuck. And so and sudden too, like you're just kind of looking like, oh I, no, she's I will dead. say I did love the the spin on like, dude, the the rocket literally like chews that dude and scratches his tears his face apart, like literally rips him apart, destroys him. Yeah, which was very crazy to see when they show like what he looks like i was like holy fuck like i didn't expect is, that dude me neither yeah. i didn't think it was gonna be so graphic i was like oh my god this looks disgusting you know maybe he thought that he had killed him because of that and so never went to go kind of mention him or look for him again kept in the past not knowing maybe he just he wanted to escape that past though i think on top of that because i yeah. have a feeling like he'd probably hear that he's back somehow but that mm-hmm. part was crazy and i will mention the scene where rocket is dying technically and he sees his friends in like, you know, with the bright lights and then like not yet, you know. I was yeah, like, was oh my it. heart again. Well Fuck. shit. Peter Quill, I actually thought he was gonna die in this scene because he was out in space for so long at the end. Oh the end. Like, you're oh, like, no. holy shit, is it like, Peter that's gonna die? I thought yeah. so too. Because he went back on a like, stupid fucking Zoom. Well and his face like kind of you know spread out like that. Weird, I was like, oh, no. Yeah. I was like, why does right. his face look so puffy? Yeah, so I honestly thought he died there, and I thought that's how they were going to do it. I'm like, okay, I guess that's fair enough, you know. But um, obviously yeah. not. He he survived miraculously, as yeah. always. All right, so that is the end of our uh, review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. And with that as well, that's the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Mike, for joining us once again. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. You're always welcome. <laughs> we appreciate you. All right, uh, listen and follow us on your favorite podcast service. Trust us, we're on all of them. For a quick link to our socials, visit linktree slash moviepalspod. So that's linktree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash moviepalspod. Thank you, and make sure to smash that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And make sure to also stay tuned for our next episode, which is episode number 150. Woo! So much excitement. We're not doing anything special. But, oh, you know, Mike just, just fired a shotgun into the air. <laughs> very, very immature of him. It's a fun time all around. But we are going to be reviewing uh, one of the most family-centric films in modern cinema. Possibly. Fast X. Yeah, possibly. possibly. Fast Fast X. Okay, I can't fast believe X. that is still the name of this film. Yeah, he ain't changing it. He knows what he's got. No, I, he, he don't, you, hey, you don't stop a good thing when you got it. I all it. I know is there better be a DMX song in this film, fucking film. That's all. Otherwise, we stop it. God. All right. Well, thanks, Neville. Until next time, this is James. And the Bill. And Mikey. Have a great one. Let's stop here for a moment to let you all know about Newsly. Newsly is an all-in-one audio super app for iOS and Android. It picks up the most trending articles on the web on topics you choose at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural human voice. For the first time ever, the entire web becomes listenable all in one place. Browse articles from topics you choose and start playing. You can follow any topic as specific as you like, from sports, tech, business, science, Bitcoin, or heck, even the Kardashians. Newsly will find you the latest articles and read them to you aloud. They even have digital radio. Did we mention they also have podcasts from over 80 countries? Well, they do, and guess what? The Movie Pals podcast is there, too. I started using Newsly as my default podcast player, and I can't think of ever going back. 
Download and use Newsly for free now from www.newsly.me or from the link in our description. And make sure to use our promo code TMPALS, that's T-M-P-A-L-S, to receive a one-month free premium subscription. Newsly, stop scrolling and start listening.